Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new week, new edition of Houston Sports Weekly, our weekly uh, sports podcast. You can check it out, as you know, each and every Friday when it drops on clicktohouston.com and KPRC2+. Plus. This is a historic edition of Houston Sports Weekly. I'm Randy McAvoy, alongside our Texans insider for clicktohouston.com. That uh, would be Aaron Wilson. Aaron, I mean, this is kind of a big deal. You want to know why? This is our one-year mark, 52 editions of this podcast. So it's kind of an historic day, a historic week for Houston Sports Weekly. Man, this is a nice anniversary <laughs> to be a part of. Absolutely. This is also the same week I have my three-year wedding anniversary. So anniversaries all around. So you, you've it. remembered it. You're going to take yes, care of it. There, there you go. There you go. Hey, it's going to be a fun uh, podcast. Uh, and if you're listening or watching, of course, this is video. Many of you watch it. Many of you uh, play it out and uh, in your cars and all that kind of stuff. And tell you what, we've seen the numbers and it's increased throughout the year. We appreciate all of you that have jumped on board during the course of the year. Some of you since day one, some of you during the course of the year. We it's still early, but we're continuing to build this. But we're going to talk Texans here in the first segment. Then we'll hand it off to Ari Alexander. He'll talk Astros in segment two. But for the next uh, I don't know thirteen, fourteen minutes. This is the guy right here, all things Texans, the Texans insider. You read about all the, everything about the club on clicktohouston.com from Aaron Wilson. And Aaron, before we jump into the team, uh, training camp is going to start next Wednesday. Uh, I think everybody's been tired of waiting. It's been a long off offseason. Uh, it's kind of an excitement. When you, when you get this close, you look at the calendar like, hey, man, we're inside a week now, and it's go time for football. Absolutely, Randy. When you think about – all the anticipation, all the excitement, and it all builds to this moment. And then yep. it's a little bit anticlimactic because it's just a practice. So you have to say, you know, it's keeping in perspective. It's not a game, but it's still exciting nonetheless. And you get to finally see the whole team. You know, maybe there might be a guy or two that's not practicing, but this is what the 2023 Texans are going to be like. And, you know, you think about, you know, you get all these position battles and – you know, very lot of curiosity. This is the most buzz we've had surrounding the Texans yeah. since the good days when they were a playoff team. No doubt about it. I mean, I I go back. I was thinking about that the other day, like um, all the coaching changes, all the excitement. I remember when Gary Kubiak was hired. The city really – there was a buzz in the city. Um, it it kind of feels like that to me, at least right now. And then you get D'Amico back. People, these fans can relate to him because they watched him play. They they knew what he meant as a captain with this team. It wasn't the same feel when Bill O'Brien was hired. No, at no. all. And it that's cool though, man. I I like what I'm seeing and hearing. And you just hope now it'll start showing up in results when they play this season. Right. Yeah. Everyone is. It is a bottom line results we're in in business. But at the same time, you have to build foundations. You have to build hope. You have to at least show people that you're going in the right direction. And there's some encouraging signs. Yeah. The roster is getting better. I think it's, you know, obviously that's subjective, you know, that will be borne out in the games. But right, it's hard to say that they're not better. And right. how much that translates into what kind of wins. I mean, that's why you play the games. But in my opinion, with D'Amico, he's giving them a real shot in the arm. And, you know, it's showing up in the ticket sales, the retention. And <clears throat> also, you know, because we're in the media – relevance so when we were talking texans people mm -hmm. are paying more attention and i think that's outstanding because you know, that's, that's what this business is you if you're talking about a product and it's something that people find well i'm not interested in that and or it's controversial or to a point that people are just like 
really put off by it. That isn't the case now. It's been a lot of positivity surrounding the team, and I think mm-hmm. they've earned that. I mean, mm-hmm. they've been suffering for three years, and so have the fans. And you know, our job is to be objective and to cover it, regardless of win or loss. You get, you um, got to admit, though, the last story. couple of years, it's been harder and harder to cover oh, this team. Oh man, I mean, I when mean, you do, it's a like story, a dark cloud over that building, man. I it mean, was just uh, not a good feeling. When you break a story and no one cares, <laughs> they change the quarterback. They, they change back. <laughs> And literally, Randy, no one cares. And I'm talking about like, you know, they, when you write a story sometimes, someone else will write a story about your story. Right. They put Davis Mills back as a starter. Nothing happened. Yeah. I'm talking four hours. Wow. It took a long time for, wow. you know, for anyone to get interested in that. It's just like people are so checked out. And that's, that's, a, that's not where you want to be. I mean, that's the big thing is yeah. relevance is a word that even ownership uses. To be relevant. Well, let's dive into it a little bit in uh, the next uh, nine or ten minutes. Um, camp does open uh, Wednesday morning at NRG Park. They'll go just about every day, random days off, of course, around as they get uh, into the preseason schedule uh, for games. But I think the number one question, uh, I, I don't even think it's a controversy, the, the quarterback battle, because I think it's already been decided. They just haven't told us uh, with C.J. Stroud It'll, I'll be curious, though, when camp opens, and we'll begin with that, the C.J. Stroud-Davis Mills situation. How long will it take for C.J. Stroud to really be the number one guy in training camp? And will he be the number one guy coming out of camp to start the season, or will they start with Mills? What are you going to be looking for at camp? Right, Randy, on the QB1 front, I think you're absolutely right. What will wind up happening is if he checks the boxes where he gives them no reason to doubt him, by how he performs and yep. really behaves as a, a part of it too. You know, how does he seem in terms of pressure when he's in a football game and just everything that goes along with being the starter? And if he doesn't give them any cause for concern, they'll eventually name him the starter. When they decide to do that, if it's the first week mm-hmm. before they play the Ravens or if they do it during camp, it doesn't really matter. What matters is that he establishes himself. But he's taking steps, he's laying the groundwork to be QB1, and heck, teammates like Laramie Tunsil, obviously they want him to be QB1, and you don't draft him second overall to have him sit. I think if he's not starting against the Ravens, then it's a sign that he just isn't making enough progress. Not quite and, ready yeah, yet. He's not quite ready yeah. yet. Is it the end of the world? No, of course I'm not, thinking even if it's not week one, I'll, I'll just tell fans, just I mean, assuming he's healthy, just be patient. Right. matter of weeks, he probably will be the number it's one It's going guy. to happen. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so you got the quarterback uh, situation that a lot of people are going to be. It'll be every you and I are going to be out there. All the media. That's going to be the most often asked question, I think, with D'Amico Ryan's is, "Hey, how CJ look today? How did uh, Davis look today?" Um, wide receiver core. Let's talk about a few of the names. You got the young guys. You got some veterans now. Most people believe it's a weak link on this football team. I don't know if you agree with that or not, but uh, a couple of these guys have to reprove themselves. They've added Robert Woods. They got uh, what Noah Brown from uh, from the Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. Dalton Schultz. They've got some pieces. It's like what version of those guys will we see? Robert Woods, so so year. Well, he's with Tennessee, right? Right, coming off um, of ACL. Yeah. Coming off an ACL. So, and then you mix in the young guys: Tank Dell, Xavier Hutchinson, who I enjoyed just watching practice during the OTAs. He was a fun player to watch. You got some other guys too. You got Nico Collins. Unknown on what the situation on John Matthew III is going to be, but 
How do you assess this receiving core entering camp at least? Right. In talking with Ben McDaniels, the receivers coach and pass game coordinator, he agreed with my take that it's a collective, that they don't have a number one wide receiver, a go-to guy. The closest mm-hmm. thing to that might be but just because of his size, Nico Collins, but they don't have a star wide receiver. And that's why some fans were interested in bringing back DeAndre Hopkins. I reported it just wasn't a fit, and you know he's now a Titan. What I think they have here are some nice receivers like Tank Dell, like Nico Collins, like Robert Woods, and Noah Brown, good blocker, big body. Yeah. But, but yeah, somebody nothing... like Tank, though, is just we think he might do it. I mean, it's, it's, there's still that unknown. Right. Will he be? So he does it. Transition. I, I have confidence that he'll be open. And I do then too. it's a matter of durability because he is such a smaller player, 165 yeah. pounds. And... What, what about Nico? I mean, here's a guy, what, third season third now? Third season, yeah. 400 plus yards each of his first two seasons. Still hadn't broken out completely. I mean, how, how big of a year is this for Nico? It's Kyle's? a really big year. It's pivotal for him because when you think about him, I, I like to use this analogy really big target mm-hmm. for the quarterbacks. Also, big target for the defensive backs to hit. And they have, you know, definitely, you know, put a little wood on him this year when it turns out hitting the guy and causing injuries. And so, if you were to extrapolate out his numbers when he's playing, incredibly productive and someone that you'd say, okay, well, that is the number one wide receiver. When you think about the amount of games he's missed, yeah, that's concerning. And it's not from a lack of toughness. I think, if anything, he's just someone that is prone a little bit to some of these injuries. He's had every variety, pretty mm-hmm. much, that it could be without it being serious. And that's limited his impact. John Mechie is a wild card. John Mechie missed his entire rookie year with a treatable form of leukemia. He's in good health now. And we've seen John uh, working out locally with Justin Allen. But is, is it safe to assume, though, that he's still behind because he's missed a he, lot. Didn't, he didn't do anything during the offseason right. that he, we saw, at least? He injured yeah. his hamstring during a closed practice yeah. right away. The second practice, he was out there. So he strained his hamstring. The hamstring is 100% now. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're going to very soon see him practicing. And at some point, talking with us for the first time since he was drafted, because right. he hasn't been able to really do interviews because of his personal health situation. Mm-hmm. And so we look forward to talking to him. I think it's going to be an inspirational comeback story. Yeah. And that's, uh, to me, from a human interest standpoint, just because fans will love it. Leukemia. Right. Wow. Overcoming uh, an obstacle, aver- you know, adversity. And, and then from a football standpoint, my question would be obviously, we'll hopefully see him out there doing what he does best. But there's still rust that have to, has to be shaken right. off and knocked off. And you wonder if that's going to delay him playing on effectively on Sundays. I wonder if it's something where a few games in or six games in that they're more comfortable playing him a lot. Yeah. And I think they're going to take it slow with him based on mm-hmm. you know, he got hurt very quickly with the hamstring coming out of having the uh, – practices in the offseason. All right, about 11 minutes in. We're going to actually go a little longer on this first segment. Ari will come back, though, in segment two, talking some Astros. But a few more things I want to hit on with you, Aaron, uh, as we get ready for the start of training camp. If you're just tuning in, coming up on Wednesday at NRG Park, the running game. Uh, when you, you're lacking and have some question marks at wide receiver, they're going to have to really count on this running game. And I kind of like how this running game setting up with not only what we saw from Damian Pierce last year, but now you've added a guy like Singletary, who's coming off a, a few pretty good seasons uh, there in Buffalo. He can run the ball. He can catch. 
that's going to be a nice tandem where not so much is going to be on Pierce's plate. Right, and you got to wonder, did that overuse lead to the foot injury that he had yeah. last season against the Dallas Cowboys that ended his season? He was going to have more than 1,000 yards, if not for the injury, and so he got just close to it. And you think about Damian, he's the bell cow, but Devin Singletary is a good complimentary back. And I know there's been complaints in the past, and probably rightfully so, that they didn't have enough backup in terms of, like, they had Rex Burkhead, they had Dario Gomwale, they had not really a guy that you could say, okay, well, he's really proven as a pass catcher and a runner, and he's a good football player, and, you know, he, that's why he got the contract he did in free agency. Yeah. But Damian is still the guy, and Bobby Slowick, I think, when in doubt, he's going to have C.J. Stroud hand the football off to Damian, and you imagine him running right behind Titus Howard, Shaq Mason, or left behind. No complaints Larry there, Thompson. man. We'll see. Is Kenyon Green lined it, up next to him? It, exactly. I want to ask you uh, real quick. Let's go through the O line real fast, and I got to touch on defense before we run out of time. The O line. Tunsil got the big deal. You know he's going to hopefully stay healthy. They need him on that left side. You mentioned uh, Titus Howard. You and I were out at his. Or uh, uh, I'm sorry, you were at his event. You and I were at Tunsil's event the yeah. other day, but uh, you were at uh, Titus Howard's workout the, the other trainer, day. Yeah. How do you think this this O line shaking out with those two? You got Shaq Mason, potentially Juice Scruggs, maybe at center. We'll see how right. that uh, that plays out. And uh, Green, the question mark on Green: Has he had a good off season? Has he learned how to be a pro? Right, Randy. A talented group, probably other than the secondary, the most talented group on the team as a group as a collective. And you think about you've got Laramie Tunsil, you've got Titus Howard, you've got one of the better tackle tandems. They say they're the best. Uh, you know, the league doesn't say so as far as the analytics, but right. uh, they, they believe that. I think they're a very talented tandem. They're right to be thought of as one of the best. Left guard, Kenyon Green, here's the deal. Kenyon is running again. He had arthroscopic knee surgery. He had a rough mm -hmm. start last year because he had a concussion. He had knee surgery last year, too. It wasn't a big surgery, but it was enough that it kept him out from some really valuable learning moments because he wasn't able to practice. Yeah. And my expectation is they're going to ease him into training camp. But once he's healthy, and I'm hearing that he's getting close to that, I think he's going to have a much better season. All right, quickly, last couple minutes, and uh, we'll do more on another week for sure. Defense real fast. D'Amico Ryan's a head coach. It's right up his alley. Uh, they've got pieces in place. They've added, uh, what, Jimmy Ward's going to be back there to, to kind of help out that secondary. That's going to be a huge addition with his experience from San Francisco. Is he a vocal leader kind of guy? And what kind of impact can he have on Stingley's growth and even Jalen Petrie's growth, too? Yeah, he'll talk. He's a guy that's pretty outspoken, and yeah. he's a really confident public speaker, and he's good at communicating with the other guys. He's older. He's 31. And so along with Steven Nelson, they have a couple of guys that have a lot of experience that they can really be a resource for younger guys like Jalen Petrie. Right. Jalen Petrie, I think, could become one of the best safeties in the NFL. I think he can elevate. Yeah, yeah he's worked no really doubt. hard. And then you think about – the defense overall, this is a group that, you know, they were the worst run defense in the NFL last season. Mm -hmm. So having Denzel Perryman, a former Pro Bowl linebacker, that helps. And having Sheldon Rankins to play next to Malik Collins, adding Will Anderson Jr., you got to think they'll be stouter against the run, better edge setters, and they got to be better tacklers. And Jalen Petrie addressed that. He said, hey, you know, I missed too many tackles last year. Mm -hmm. He's going to be more disciplined in his path to the football and how he breaks down and fundamentally brings people to the ground. Uh, all of those things happen. They should make a quantum leap as far as defensive improvement. And a lot of that will have to do with D'Amico Ryan's system, which I think suits Derek Stingley Jr. a lot better than Levy Smith's system. 
Uh, real quick, two quick hits. Will Anderson Jr., how big of an impact can he be from the get-go, in your opinion? He can be one of the best rookies. He's someone that, you know, you think about odds, right. that could be a candidate for NFL Defense Rookie of the Year. I think that he's capable of that. Mm-hmm. He's a really relentless, aggressive pass rusher. He's got some moves. He's going to make, I think, a quick transition. I think he's very NFL-ready. Yeah. And, though, and this is just sort of in terms of readiness. He's their best rookie, not C.J. Stroud. Anderson, even though... You had C.J. drafted second. He was drafted third. That's the C.J. will get the headlines, but Will Anderson. Anderson was the top-ranked guy on most draft boards all over the NFL. He's that good. All right, uh, good stuff, man. That that segment flew by, didn't it? We could (laughs) go on and on and on. But uh, a lot of the questions will be answered during the start of training camp. And uh, Aaron will be out there. We'll be out there, KPRC2 sports team. And uh, we'll have a lot of coverage. We'll do more of these podcasts. I'm sure you're going to be writing like crazy for click2houston.com. We'll have it covered over the air as well. (coughs) Excuse me. And uh, it's going to be fun. I think everybody's excited. Uh, It's a new era of football for the Texans with D'Amico Ryans. I think everybody's feeling it right now. And before we know it, the regular season is going to kick off. What year is this for you in the NFL, by the way? Oh, boy. Uh, Lost track, huh? Started in 97. (laughs) Yeah. You've seen a little bit over the years, haven't you? That was the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars training camp. Yeah, I was a, a rookie back then. Outstanding. Well, you can find him on clicktohouston.com and Twitter handle at Aaron Wilson underscore NFL. Is that correct? That's uh, just right. Get that right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. At Aaron Wilson underscore uh, NFL. So, hey, we're going to take a break here on Houston Sports Weekly. Uh, that's a quick uh, take on the Texans as they get ready for the start of a training camp next Wednesday. Aaron, appreciate you hanging out. And we'll, Thanks for having uh, me. We'll see you at NRG Park, brother. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, Ari Alexander will check in uh, on the Astros, wrapping up their series in Colorado. They're in Oakland now this weekend before the Rangers come on Monday to Minute Maid Park. All things Astros straight ahead with Ari Alexander when Houston Sports Weekly continues. Welcome to segment two of Houston Sports Weekly. Great conversation there with Randy and our KPRC2 Texans insider Aaron Wilson on the Texans. I am Ari Alexander, and we're going to be talking Astros for the next seven or eight minutes here. And we got some, obviously, trade deadline stuff that I want to talk about that I've been talking about for the last few weeks uh, because I love the trade deadline. And uh, Chaz McCormick is someone that I want to get into because... There is some fascinating, and I'll explain a little bit what run value and all that stuff means, run value stuff with Chaz McCormick. But first, uh, just a quick rundown of what's going on in the Astros world. They got the A's, who are awful, for four games on the road. Jordan Alvarez is in Sugarland. He will be, as you're watching this, listening to this on Friday, he will be playing his second rehab game. Uh, he's supposed to at least. He said he will be. Obviously, you know, things can change last second. Can wake up with a neck cramp, cold, whatever. But Jordan is supposed to be playing his second rehab game. He's, he DH'd in his first one, went one for three. He's supposed to be in the outfield for the second one. And then he wants to return. He said in his postgame interview on Wednesday, he's missed enough time. You know, it's it's time for him to to get ready and, and get back. So he wants to be back as soon as possible. He knows, obviously, he's going to get need to be cleared. Uh, he would love to be on this road trip in Oakland. I know the Astros can probably win three out of four against the A's without Jordan, but he's one of the best hitters, one of the best players in all baseball. You're going to want him back. He wants to be back. If he's healthy, that'd be great. Uh, and then you obviously have the Texas Rangers and a stretch of 
like Yankees, Orioles, really just a bunch of really good teams coming up on the schedule. I think they play the Rays too. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jose Siri will be back. Um, so yeah, they play a bunch of really good teams uh, back to back to back to back. So the Astros have uh, those guys close. Jose Arquiti through his second uh, rehab appearance. He's probably not far off. I'd say maybe two more appearances before uh, he is back with the Astros. Altuve is still working back from his injury, which maybe, you know, another week or two. Um, and then Jordan really close to being back. Uh, you'd think maybe by the end of the weekend at worst. So Astros are starting to, uh, get, get healthy. And then we're starting to, to see some of the trade rumors come out. So, um, while I have not talked to, you know, the people involved here, um, some of the stuff that have come out via, the big national names, the Bob Nightingales, the John Heymans of the world are linking the Astros to a Marcus Stroman in the starting pitcher market, a um, Cody Bellinger in the hitters market. And all the names that have come out uh, with the Astros are names that make sense for what they need. Dana Brown, the good thing, one of the good things about Dana Brown, and this is not necessarily a shot at James Click, is he's pretty forthright about what he wants. If he mentions a guy's name, there's a pretty good chance that that guy is coming up soon or that the organization has their eye on that guy. Um, he, If you ask him about a player, the answer he gives you, what his thoughts on that player is usually a pretty honest answer. Um, and in the draft about, you know, who they're looking at, he said, you know, yes, one of the 18, 20 guys that I've seen personally or one of the guys we picked, he knows all about Bryce Matthews, the local kid. So again, like Dana Brown's pretty forthright, which is really nice from your standpoint as a fan, because he's not lying to you. Good standpoint for me is, um, you know, reporting on them that you'll get a pretty straight answer on whatever is going on uh, outside of injuries, really, for the most part. But uh, whatever is going on uh, with what the organization needs. And so Dana Brown has broken down. This is what we want at the deadline. Left handed bat power bat. So Cody Bellinger, Jorge Soler are names that come to mind. Again, the Astros are bidding against other teams for these players. Marcus Stroman uh, is a starting pitcher. So again, they need a starting pitcher. One, maybe if they can get a second cheaper, like an innings eater, you know, kind of a another starting pitcher that um, just is backup. If guys get hurt, it's so many injuries this year, that would make sense. And then up to, you know, more than one bullpen arm. They need more than one. They These four guys that they've been using, Hector Neris, Phil Maton, Brian Abreu, and Ryan Presley, those guys are getting way too much work. So a couple bullpen arms, name I like, um, even though the trade just doesn't really fit for them because of what they want back, is uh, Jordan Hicks. He's from here, uh, Klein Oak, I believe, local kid, throws 104. Uh, he would love to be here from what I know. Um, and he, the Cardinals have never broached extension talks with him per league sources. And so it, you know, he's getting traded. It makes a lot of sense uh, for Jordan Hicks to be on the move. So uh, that's what we're looking at. Decent name starting pitcher, although there's going to be some competition, couple of bullpen arms, one name I like, and this is just me, you know, finding a guy who's a rental, who I think is going to be cheap. Look at Jose Cisnero of the Detroit Tigers. I just don't think it's going to cost very much to get him. Maybe, like one of the prospect outfielders that the Astros have and not one of the main ones, just like Logan Cerny or, or one of the guys that maybe have been passed in the, the prospect rankings and you get yourself, he's been really reliable this year. I had one bad outing recently, but like Jose Cisnero has had a good year. He's 34. So he's not going to be that expensive. He's a rental. Like you can trade one minor league outfielder for Jose Cisnero and uh, help that bullpen. 
So now let's get into the Chaz thing. So that's the thing I want to talk about the last couple of minutes. You have the reigning AL player of the week as Chaz McCormick. Uh, there has been obviously some talk about uh, whether or not Dusty likes Chaz McCormick in the playing time. So I'm not going to get into any of that. Um, but he has been playing regularly because he's earned it and he's hitting. And now his OPS is above 900. And one of the big adjustments that he's made, and, and maybe, you know, I'm starting to think about doing a little more research on this, talking to Chaz a little bit, maybe doing a little bit of a breakdown on it. Uh, it's because of his improvement on the slider and the sweeper, mostly the slider. So last season, his splits were really, really interesting. Against a fastball, there's a stat called run value. It's basically how good you are, how much value you provide on a certain pitch. And it works for both hitters and pitchers. So if you crush fastballs, your run value is going to be super high in a fastball. If you're batting in sliders, this is what we're talking about here with Chaz, your run value is going to be negative. If you're a pitcher and you're really good against guys with your fastball, you're going to be pitching to a negative run value. Guys score negative whatever value. I don't know what the math is, but it's fairly simple, right? Zero is average. Above zero for a hitter means you're good or you know above average against a pitch. Negative is you're bad. So last season, Chaz McCormick was a plus, I think it was 15, or it's 15 now, it was plus 16 against fastballs, which was like the 15th best run value of any pitch of any player in the league. So Chaz McCormick versus a fastball. If you only throw fastballs to Chaz McCormick, he's essentially Mike Trout. And I, I don't say that lightly because Mike Trout's run value versus a fastball was the same as Chaz McCormick's, right? So Chaz McCormick and Mike Trout did the same damage against fastballs last year. That's how good Chaz McCormick is was against fastballs. Chaz McCormick was a negative seven on sliders and a negative five on sweepers before they split the two pitches. Sweeper, you know, the big slider, slider, the regular slider. Um, he was a negative 12, which was one of the worst run values in all of baseball. So against a fastball, Chaz McCormick is literally Mike Trout. Against a slider, he is one of the worst hitters in baseball. I thought it was interesting. This year, it gets better. Chaz McCormick against a fastball is a plus 15 run value this year, which is the third best run value in all of baseball. Freddie Freeman, plus 21 against a fastball. Sean Murphy, plus 16 against a fastball, are the only two players in all of baseball who have a better run value against a pitch than Chaz McCormick. So what about the slider? Remember, last year, incredible against fastballs, awful against sliders. He's a plus three against sliders this year. Last year was negative seven. Chaz McCormick has been plus 10 versus last year to this year against sliders. He learned how to hit the slider. And he's, him against the fastball is one of the best hitters in baseball. That's why his OPS is 900 right now. If this is consistent, and I'm going to find out, I want to talk to Chaz when he gets back about his mechanics and find out what the issue is, kind of like I broke down Pena's stuff. If this is sustainable and Chaz McCormick is a positive hitter against a slider and one of the best hitters in baseball against a fastball, you have a seriously good player in center field in Houston playing at Minute Maid Park. So this is our kind of quick breakdown of uh, the trade deadline and a little bit of Chaz McCormick on Houston Sports Weekly. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching on click2houston.com and KBRC2+.